commentary, technology, preparedness, and pop culture. From Nashville, Tennessee, the home of hot chicken. I'm Jess, the straight Christian conservative one. And I'm Chris, a gay Buddhist libertarian. We will explore today's issues with opposing viewpoints. And feature guests with incredible or unique stories. You may see things differently. But in the end, this is Still, still Love, love you, bro. you, Bro. Welcome back. Welcome back. I agree. I concur with uh, what you just said, Chris. Hey, we back. agree on one thing. Right? I know, right? And we don't hate each other? Are we just going opposite today? I guess so. I suppose. Well, how is, uh, how's life for you lately? Um, you know, very busy. It's turning out to be a, a very action-packed October. We have a lot of uh, neat stuff coming up that's Halloween-related. I'm really excited about um, not this episode, though. This is going to be a pretty neat neat episode, but we have some Halloween stuff coming up. Right. And I, I you know, I, um, I've i started getting into Halloween a little bit as well. Like, I, I know we talked about it last episode. Uh, having a house now, it kind of makes things a little bit different. I, I now have the responsibility to scare all the trick-or-treaters that come to my, uh, to my doorstep. Um, so I'm going to be experimenting with um, projected decorations. Of course. Yes. Um, and no, it is not from our coworker who showed me that video. I've seen that stuff before, and I watched some tutorials the other day on how to uh, on how to do all that. So I'm kind of excited to try that out. I just I don't like spending a lot of money on projectors, so I'm probably going to start it with some cheap Chinese LED projector. For the record, sort. I just wanted pumpkins. And a hay bale. That's all I wanted. But you married Jess. So I know. You're getting projections. Uh, she and, already knows. And a spring-loaded couch that flies outside. Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm totally expecting to drive by your house on Halloween. Uh, that's for sure. Uh, welcome back. This is uh, Season 2, Episode 5, I believe. And uh, with us in the studio, actually, today, we have Chloe. Uh, and Grant, our producer, uh, is going to join us as a guest today. We have some some interesting topics, and he's going to bring uh, something with us today. Yep. We decided, since he's always uh, pushing knobs and turning buttons, that uh, that we would have him in today. And he talks in our ear enough and confuses us that we figured you might as well should listen to what he has to say so you aren't confused. Confused you in real life. Yeah. Exactly. So I'm going to bring something real quick. This this could end up being a very long topic, and I this is very close to where we are, and and I didn't know about it. And and I was talking to a friend of mine, I've known a long time, and he's a he's a straight up hippie peace nick and a really cool guy. And we're going to have him on the show to talk about this. But he said, "Hey, do you know about this Rutherford County thing?" I was like, "No, what?" He sent me a link, and I read this, and I was just dumbfounded and befuddled. Chris and, Chris sent me a message like on Monday of this week and or of last week, sorry, and was like, Oh, I already have a story and I can't tell you anything about it right now, but I'm I'm so mad about it. That's the worst part about doing the show is that like I'll be at home with Jess. I'll be like, oh I gotta tell you about this. I'll be like, oh wait, no, I gotta you save gotta it wait. a whole week. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um and then today Jess is like, hey what's that story? I was like, oh wait, what was it? <laughs> <laughs> and I had to look back and like give his like ambiguous description to him so that he could remember and yeah. thankfully he did. So you know this may tick some people off and this may not, but I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna tell talk a little bit about the story. Um, this was rep- reported in Nashville by WPLN, which is um, Nashville Public Radio, and ProPublica on October the 8th of, of this year, 2021. And the, the headline reads, Black children were jailed for a crime that doesn't exist. Almost nothing happened to the adults in charge. All right. Uh, and I'll set the stage, and I'm, I'm going to kind of paraphrase the, the original article because there's no way that I could uh, even 
read this and, and give it any kind of justice. They have they have hit the nail on the head with the way they've reported this. So I'm just I'm going to kind of read it and paraphrase a little bit and, and shorten it a little bit just to set the stage for what we're talking about. There's a judge in Rutherford County, and her name is Judge Donna Davenport, and she oversees the juvenile justice system. And she has a history of jailing children. And when I say children, we're talking like eight years old and 10 years old and 12 years old, right? Um, and she says, quote, that kids must face consequences. So let's let's go back to not really where it started, but but a big event. In April 2016, in Hobgood Elementary School in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, that's pretty much the dead center of, of Tennessee, if you're listening to this podcast from outside of Tennessee, Principal Tammy Garrett and three police officers are sitting in the principal's office. One of the one of the police officers in a tactical vest is telling the principal to go get these kids. One police officer is saying, no, don't go get these kids. And the other pol- police officer is saying nothing. So Garrett, the principal, she knew these police officers were sent to arrest some children, but no one knew which children. All right. The names that the police gave the principal included four girls who are now right now sitting in classrooms spread throughout the school. And all four of these girls were black children, a sixth grader, two fourth graders, a third grader, and the youngest of them is eight years old. A week before there was a video posted on YouTube showing two small boys, a five-year-old and a six-year-old, and they were throwing punches at a larger boy and he was walking away and there were other kids tagging along and yelling And this was happening off school grounds after a game of basketball. Apparently, it all started when one kid was insulting another kid's mother, right? We've all seen these videos posted to YouTube where kids are fighting. I've seen a lot of them, right? Yeah. So the police were at the school in Murfreesboro that day not to arrest the boys who threw the punches, but there for the children who looked on in the video, who didn't do anything. The police obtained juvenile warrants for 10 children accused of failing to stop the fight. Officers were now rounding up the kids, even though they couldn't identify a single one in the video, which was posted with a filter that made the faces fuzzy. The only clear part of the video was the voices, which included one of a girl trying to break up the fight, saying, Stop, Tay-Tay, stop, Tay-Tay. She was a fourth grader. The officer who was assigned to the school, the school resource officer, he bailed that morning. He learned of the planned arrests. The thought of arresting these children caused him so much stress that he feared he might cry in front of them or have a heart attack, and he wanted nothing to do with it, so he complained of chest pains and went home. Hmm. This is the SRO assigned to that school. Oh, wow. The officer from the police department who investigated the, the crime of this video was Crystal Templeton, and she assured the principal when she called to set this up that she would be there, she being the the investigating officer, would be there at the school, and there would be no handcuffs. They would be discreet. But when this went down, that officer was not there. In fact, that investigating officer went to the Rutherford County Juvenile Detention Center, which is a jail for children, and she waited there for the kids to be brought to her. So in Rutherford County, a juvenile court judge was directing the police on what she called our process 
for arresting the children, and she appointed the jailer at this juvenile detention center who employed a, quote, filter system to determine which children to hold at this facility and which ones to let go. So let's talk statistics. Among cases referred to juvenile court, the statewide average in Tennessee for how often children were locked up, incarcerated behind bars, right? Mm, right. Average in the state is 5%. In Rutherford County, it's 48%. Holy cow. This ties into a video that I showed Jess earlier today, um, posted on YouTube called What Can We Do For You? And it's mm -hmm. a tour of this Rutherford County uh, Juvenile Detention Center. It was, the video was, um, it reminded me of like a resort advertisement. Like it was very, it was very surreal. They had like, like, like uh, music in the background that sounded tropical and they were talking about the facility like it was some sort of uh, like vacation. And what they were doing was they were selling it to other other uh, counties or judicial systems that did not have such facilities. And they wanted them to send their cases to Rutherford County. Sure. Because they get hundred and something yeah, dollars a day. Per, per inmate. So as you read this article, and I, and I hope everybody goes out and searches um, this WPLN and ProPublica article. One of the things to note about it, which is uh, is very difficult to read, the charges which they wrote on most of these kids was written by a judicial commissioner who made up the charge. There was no supposed TCA code. There was no real charge for failure to stop a fight. The charge that they wrote that they were instructed or wrote on the warrant to obtained to arrest these kids was made up. You have the, Do you have the name of that charge? Uh, it's, uh, in, it's in the article. I, I heard it, it before. It was, um, it was like uh, criminal, um, not negligence, but it was, it was like... Um, they were basically saying fail, that they were... Failure to... Failure to act. Fail, right. yeah, uh, something like that. Yeah, it was just something like absolutely crazy. It's, uh, it's not, and in, in, I, I watched a couple videos on it, and I'm glad that you pulled up the, uh, the actual... Um, the real article about this, because a lot of the videos that I saw were from uh, news outlets and I, they seemed kind of inflated to me. Uh, so I was kind of skeptical about a lot of this, but as you're reading the actual accounts, it starts making a little bit more sense. But, but it seems to me that the, the chart, those charges or those uh, accusations, they're more of a, of a, a, a tort in, in court where we already have someone who is charged with, you know, criminal mischief or assault. And that's kind of like an aggravating factor, but you can't arrest someone for performing an aggravating factor without a, you know, like an actual crime to aggravate it. So, well, here in that day at the school, they, there's a lot, they, they looked at hours of interviews to, to make this story, but there were parents that were, that were upset. There have been subsequent lawsuits. The city, I think it was $11 million is ended up paying out. It was very quiet. I've, I actually saw an ad on Facebook from a, from an attorney's office doing a class action. It said, have you ever been jailed as a juvenile in Rutherford County? Call us. Mm. Like, right. Right. Um, but the, what they're alleging though, is basically that it's a disproportionate amount of kids children in Rutherford County that are being locked up. And, and the what I'm getting from this article is this is a business. They're advertising this juvenile justice center as a business. We're mm. advertising it around because they're, they're, they make income from it. $75 yeah. per kid per day. Right. Um, 
but we're locking up a disproportionate amount of black kids because they didn't stop a fight. Now, I've seen a lot of videos where I've been frustrated, right? Because there are people fighting and there's always 20 people sitting around with a cell phone. It makes you wonder, like, which one of you are going to go break up that fight? But there's nothing criminal about that at all. And, you know, this is when I first watched those videos, I was a little bit, I don't know, I had a lot of questions because I, I know that kids, although they are, they have all the rights afforded to them in the Constitution, they do not have, they're not, they don't have as many rights as adults in, in law. They, they, like, for example, at school, right? When, when they're in the custody of the school, at school, the school can, you know, they, they can get in trouble for saying things, which normally you would not be able to do as a government entity, and, and many other things, right? Kids can be de- detained against their, you know, against their will medically if there's not a um, parent present, uh, by by EMTs or something, you know, it, it, there's lots of things that kids, there's a special case for. So I was a little bit, I didn't know what happened in the, in the video of the kids. And my first thought was that maybe they were encouraging the fight. I, I heard a, um, a uh, part of the news article or, or part of the news report of one of the things I watched, I believe it was, it was from uh, Dateline NBC or something like that. And um, it was the lady who was talking about this um, said that the kids, uh, because the the four and five year olds that were fighting were not culpable, uh, because of you know they weren't culpable for assault because they were so young, they decided just to move that up to the the older kids for being present but not doing anything about it. Which, like you said before, that's not really a crime at all. I mean, if you think about it, it's even more stupid because. You know, Grant, you're you're closer to the high school system than any of us here. Mm-hmm. What if you're if you are you not told in school that if there's a fight, like if you get in a fight, if you def, like let's say someone comes up swinging at you, and if you defend yourself, you get punished just as much as the person that attacked you, right? Yeah, in school, zero tolerance, and at least in Wilson County schools, that's what we're taught. If you're in a fight, whether you be the aggressor or the one aggressed upon, you get in trouble sometimes equally as the aggressor. So we're teaching kids zero tolerance policy. You don't get involved at all. So you don't defend, you don't attack. You get in and, trouble for filming it. And exactly. And so now we've got these kids that are out on the street in Rutherford County. They're not getting involved in this fight. And one of them is actually verbally saying to stop. And they get arrested for not getting involved even though they're taught in school, these are young kids, zero tolerance. You get in a fight, you're suspended. So how confusing is that to them? Not only that, they chased them around the school and handcuffed them. Yeah, in and, front of their peers, I'm sure. And pulled them off the bus and handcuffed them. I, I heard in one of the news reports that one of the girls was so distraught, she threw up in the principal's office Yeah, because she was being arrested. So, yeah, I mean, this it's, it's terrible. And I didn't hear the statistic part of it. Chris, I think that should be reported more, the fact that the, the Tennessee average for kids being arrested after being referred for a juvenile crime is 5%. Let's, and in I hate the County, word kids. Let's start over. Children. Sure. Children. You're right. Um, but that's what I'm saying. It's it's 5% in Tennessee. In Rutherford County, all of a sudden, it's 45%. And it's not like... 48. And it's not like there's a huge disparity of uh, youth or uh, uh, juvenile offenses there. I would assume the juvenile offense rate is uh, just about the same as the Tennessee average. I mean, maybe they have more kids and maybe they're rougher kids, but not that much. No, there's no way. Yeah. 
Um, I, I will say that there is a thing of this that I do disagree. And you said multiple times, and I and I know the newscast said it as well that this was this was um, they focus on the fact that there were black kids arrested and that there was a disproportionate amount of them. Okay, yeah, I but but that's disregarding the fact that typically higher crime areas or in in these areas where they probably have higher rate of juvenile delinquency, they're poor areas. Statistically, in the United States, you've got a higher population of minorities in those areas. Well, and but to, to clarify also why that I didn't finish the whole article, but sure. uh, one of the other portions of, of the news was, though, uh, when I talked about the filing system and who gets kept, um, some of the kids who actually received some of the charges compared to some of the white kids were the black kids. So, um, Were there white kids that received charges? In that incident, yes. But were there the, black kids that were not charged? No, over the over the history of that juvenile justice system, though, what what I'm what what that was led to is at this juvenile justice center, uh, the filing system that they were talking about. They alleged that um, a majority of um, the kids that they actually decided to keep and and charge for juvenile crimes and keep in that center were black well, compared to white kids. Not just that. I'm not talking about I, I get just that. that school incident. I'm talking about. If, you know, I, 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 I don't know, I didn't see a statistic, but what they're saying, and if you read further on in that article, is if, if 30 kids came to the juvenile court system, they're saying that, uh, and there were 15 white kids and, and 15 black kids, that they would actually jail 10 of the black kids and three of the white kids. But I don't think race is the thing at play there. I mean, it's, that's easy to assume, but there's a lot more stuff going on. You know, you have cultural differences between black kids and white kids. I'm not saying that black culture is criminal culture or anything like that. But I am I am saying that, like I said before, statistically, poor areas, higher higher rate of minorities, right? Higher rate of juvenile delinquency, you're coinciding those two factors. And it, if they maybe have history, I don't know what is well, I don't know what is accounted for in this filing system. I mean but, a ten year old black kid who's being put in jail for one thing compared to a ten-year-old white kid who's not being put in jail for the same thing is, but you're that's you're looking disparate. at you're, sing, you're looking at a single slice of that cake. I want to see the whole thing. Does this kid have? Do either kids have priors? Now, if you showed me a, if you showed me an example where it was there was a a white kid that has three priors and he does not get in the filing he does not get filed and keep uh, stay in the facility, and you got a black kid with the same thing that does. Well, yeah, but here's the other thing. Well, what if they one of them has an attitude? What if one of them has um, uh, a, a, a violent history? Or what if what if one has bad, worse grades than the other? And I'm not saying it applies to either one of those races, but there's a lot there's a lot more factors at play. You can't tell me that this facility or any you know facility you know for that matter is sitting there saying oh, okay well these guys are black so we're going to put we're going to keep them these guys are white so they get a pass that doesn't happen uh, that does not happen i think you need to read some of the articles jess well, that's what i'm saying well, read me the part of it that we're, says something we need like to go that. i mean you, I mean, you need to go read we're, this, there's a lot of data on this article in there there were hours and hours of depositions and incident reports and stuff that they pulled out you you're going to have to go read it we just basically scratched the surface and I'm just looking at these initial numbers, but you need to go and pull and read all the stuff. We'll have, in to, there. We'll have to revisit this then because I just, I, I don't, I have a real big problem with jumping to the racism conclusion because that is, that's a very big accusation and it is absolutely, 
um, unacceptable if that's the actual case. But I'm not one to sit here and say, well, just because, you know, if we arrested 10 kids, five are black, five are white, if all the, you know, like, let's say two of the white kids got jailed and all the black kids, well, they may have had different roles. Not everything is is set in stone. Not every kid participated in whatever happened the exact same way. And not every kid has the exact same past, history, behaviors, attitude. It's There's so many factors. Just because of one is one race and one is the other race, and there's a disproportionate you know, move of that. And you know what? What if it, what if it has more to do with um, other factors as far as uh, the, the way the kids have been raised and the way they act to people? They're, like I said, it goes back to attitude. I'm not, I'm not associating either one with black or white. But there's tons and tons of other factors, Chris. I just I, it's hard for me to just read a news story and accept that this Rutherford County judge and this and this Rutherford County facility are just you know Klansmen that like arresting black kids and throwing them in jail. So we're not calling them Klansmen, but the fact that you've got a juvenile justice system that is locking up forty eight percent of kids that come through doesn't shock you. I'm not saying that's. I'm not saying that but, that does shock me. I'm not saying that's a good thing. I'm. I'm just. That is a bad thing, Chris, just, just so I can be clear. The 48% thing is ridiculous, and I think that is very suspicious, considering that the Tennessee average is 5%. Um, that number is bad, and I think it's appropriate. These lawsuits, if they're being locked up at that high of a rate, it seems pretty unfair, and it seems like someone's taking advantage of the system on the higher level. But then you slip in the racism part, and that's where I have to stop because I'm like, okay, hold on. There's, there's a lot more at play. Yes, there is corruption here, it looks like, and it looks like there's a lot of kids that are being used as uh, as um, cash cows, really. They're, they're being put in this facility uh, because they get paid a certain amount per kid every day, so that's bad. Um, but I just I have a hard time with the whole it's because they're black thing, and that's my that's that's my two cents on it. And you know what? Maybe we need to research this better and revisit it Um I'd love for you to find parts of that article that we can talk about specifically about the race issue. Um, I think that'll be a good conversation. Yeah, it's certainly a very long article, and I'm I'm reading through, and there's a lot of quotes from the officers that were involved in that day. And the, the two of the officers at, at that school, at that one incident in 2016, were black officers. The officer in charge, who was gung-ho about it, was apparently a white SWAT officer. He was the officer that was saying, we're arresting these kids. The two officers, one who had a problem with it, and one who didn't say anything were black officers who had concerns that they were only there and they were only pulling the black kids that were in that video at that predominantly white school. Um, I'm just, I'm skimming over the whole article, but you, you need to take, read. You're you know, making, you're making a, a lot of assumptions in that case. Cause I'm, I'm maybe, reading the maybe quotes the, from, I'm not saying from the officers I'm not that saying, were there that day. I, I'm not saying you're not reading the quotes. I'm just saying, yeah, okay, just because the jerk in the room was the white dude, all right, that doesn't mean that this was, and, and the one the one who faked the chest pain and the one that didn't want to do it because they were black, are you saying that they were also racist because they were saying, well, because these are these kids are black, we don't want to do this, or, or we want, I don't see why we're not getting the white kids or, or whatever. I mean, you can just, you can go back and forth with that, and I just don't think that... You have to show me actual, we're sorting out these kids because of their skin color, because there are so many other factors there. Just because 
these kids, maybe they ha- they checked other boxes. I'm not saying about the arresting the kids. I'm talking about the sorting See, system. See, here's the problem with systemic Just racism, because, though, in, in the juvenile justice system. There's not, a, there's not a box on a form that these people check that says, this kid's black, so let's sort him differently. That's what it sounds like you're saying the when it comes to the media part. These people, they're not going to sit there and make a big note that says, well, let's just keep this kid because he's black. But you have to look at statistics and numbers and stuff. If they are, if they are charging more black kids with the same thing and less white kids with the same thing, you got to make inferences because they're not going to just have a big sign that says, hey, I'm going to lean one way on stuff. Yeah, sure. You got to look at the statistics. You got to also look at the statistics that say that in the United States, I think, what is it? Uh, black people, uh, what's it? 27% of the population or something, 21% of the population, they commit over half the murders. Is that racism, Chris? Or is that, it, it, where, are we, where are we attributing that? Y'all are because, missing a big point. Well, hold on, hold on. Let me get through my, my thing here. So I, I don't understand where, why is it the problem of the criminal justice system, the fact that they there are more blacks that are incarcerated than whites, obviously. There are more, uh, in this case, the kids that were arrested and thrown in jail, there were more black kids in that case. But you're not considering the bigger statistics, uh, the facts that black people in the United States, good thing, bad thing, Regardless of that, if you're looking just at statistics, they do commit crimes at higher rates than other races. And that is, I'm not saying that's a good thing or a bad thing. It is a bad thing, but it's true. It's not me sitting here being racist conservative. It is It is a fact. I'm not saying that we should treat them differently because of that, but you can't accuse the criminal justice system or specific people in that system of being racist simply because they arrested more white, black people than white people. Because then the whole count, the whole state of Tennessee probably will be racist. Most most counties, because I'm sure that actually does happen. Like, what about Memphis? There's a higher population of black people in Memphis. They arrest a whole lot more black people than white people there. I'm sure, and they put a lot more of them in jail. The whole United States has that problem. But it, I'm, it's not. I don't think personally is because of this criminal justice system. There's no baked in racism. I, I don't subscribe to that idea. We have laws that apply equally. To every race, to every person, no matter no matter if they're white, black, Asian. Hold on, let's clarify something here. We're not talking about the criminal justice system. We're talking about this specific juvenile you, justice you system. Brought up, you brought up systemic racism. That's what I'm talking about. In this specific juvenile justice system in Rutherford County. This is the sole specific thing I'm talking about here. But, but This is this place where we have, have the file at, system. Where I understand that, that, yes, I get that. But once again... There is way more factors involved than just their race. That's what I'm trying to say. The whole file system thing. If what about the Wilson County Jail? What what if what if they get? We're not in, talking about an adult jail. I am specifically talking about this okay. juvenile court. So what is the difference? Jail. What is the difference in what I'm what I'm talking about? I, because I'm not saying. talking about statistics for adults in anywhere else in the state. I am talking about this one county. This one jail, this one system designed for children okay. to, well, to, well then, ar- to arrest and prosecute and jail children in one county, in one facility, in one county. I understand where you're coming from, but I'm just, you're, you're, all you're telling me, so think of it this way. Let's say we have a big mathematical equation, and we have a variables A through G in this mathematical equation, Okay. 
I don't care about the operators. I don't care if one of them has a freaking exponent on it. I hope you guys understand what I'm saying. Um, we're talking about children's only, lives. But we're, you're only giving me like three things. You're giving me, in some cases, the number of children. So you got 10 total. You got the number of black kids, the number of white kids. So the race, right? You're giving me those right. two. They all those committed the same crime. Okay. I'm using quotes because so none of them committed that's a crime. a common denominator, so we're not worrying about that. They right. all committed the same crime, yep. right? Okay. They were all arrested. All arrested. We have the total number. Okay. I don't know anything about any of their background. It doesn't matter their background. It does matter the background. If that's what the, if they're doing, because if they're doing a tiered system what or whatever. What background does an eight-year-old child have standing around a watching question. a fight? It that's doesn't matter their background. It does matter you their think background. That you, so hold on. You think that because five black kids all have a bad background that they have to be jailed? Do the white kids have a bad background? Apparently not because they were let go home, Well, right? if they didn't, if that was their first offense, I don't care about their race, Chris. That's, I just care about whether if I, if I was administering this system and I had a rubric, I don't know, something that said, hey, here's the things that we check to see whether or not people are going to stay or they go. Okay. I'm assuming that's how that system works. The filed system, whatever. Your, we need to investigate how that works. That's what I'm saying. You need to go read what they said that filing system was about. Tell me you it read is it. Not, it's cr- that's what you need to go read. I haven't read everything about that filing okay. system, but that's the whole problem. That I get file it, but, system was illegal. That's what they found was illegal. I, okay. If that, it's illegal, then that's what we need to attack. But you're, you're sitting here telling me that the sole reason they're being kept is because they're black and or because they were, were not white. If you look at that, if anybody looks at that from the outside and says, statistically or not, if you've got 10 things, 10 people, children, and out of all 10 of them, half were let go and half were jailed, and it just so happens that half of them that were jailed were black and half were white, that should put a red flag. And if that has happened, not in one sense, one incident, but over years and years and years that that statistic has been skewed, that is yeah, something I'm that not, people, somebody should look at. I'm not saying that no one should look at it. Chris, I agree that this was bad and it, it looks horrible. And there's a reason there's lawsuits. There's a reason they paid out $11 million because obviously they're doing something wrong. They're doing something illegal, very reprehensible. I'm not sitting here trying to excuse the actions of any of these people. But what I'm saying is I don't know anything else except for what you've told me. And all you've told me is they're either white or they're black, and they either go or they leave. And we don't know anything about the reasoning about why they have to stay, why they get released. As far as background, previous offenses, attitude, the way they spoke um, to the people in the jail, if they fought officers, all of those are factors, regardless if this is an illegal system or not. The, The whole filing system, if it's illegal, fine. But we're working with the issue at hand here. I'm not sitting here and telling you that the filing system is okay and everything is completely excusable. But... You can't tell me that it's always racism. This because there's there's not equality in who was left in the jail or not. That is racism. That's a problem. That that we we cannot sit there and assume because there's more blacks than whites or because there's more whites than blacks that there's racism automatically. There's more at play everywhere. So. This is why we have this podcast is we disagree. And Grant has been trying to say something. Let's yeah, I'm like, sorry, Grant. Yeah, go ahead. Can we look at something past race? We've looked at race very deeply in this topic. Let's, the age, age is important in this scenario. The oldest kid, the youngest kid in this was eight or oldest was eight? The youngest was eight. I mean, this incident we're talking about in 2016, like the youngest was eight. And I think the oldest was like 10. 
So at the time of this incident, so we're looking at age. eight and ten year olds. Eight to ten to twelve, right. I think. Eight to ten to twelve. So, so eight to ten, yeah. Eight to ten, twelve year olds, yeah. How is a fight as an eight, ten, twelve year old, probably in an elementary school over elementary school things, right? A large enough deal to arrest ten kids. It's not. I don't and think it is. It does not matter. Age, well, age is important, but it does not matter race, age, their background, where they're from, what they do. At no point should 10, 8, 10, 12-year-olds be arrested for a crime that does not exist. Correct. Because I can only, in my experience, I've been in school for 16 years, I can name a handful of times that kids have been arrested in our school. And never once has it been over watching a fight. Or most of the time, I've, it takes an example from a month ago. The first time I've seen a kid arrested in a school in eight years was when someone took another, when this assailant took another student's head and banged against the concrete until they were unconscious and then continued. Right, which is a crime. That's assault. That's at assault. That point. So, or worse. So, it yeah, was, I, I think we're all in agreement that this whole situation, when viewed from above, is terrible. No kids should be getting arrested for crimes that are not crimes and thrown in this jail for however long they were thrown in there. But Chris has a good point, too. If, and we don't have all the statistics, and you're right, this probably should come back, and it should be talked about more in depth once we all have a larger understanding. But referencing this system to other systems, not similar systems, because there's not many systems that jail children, Mm -hmm. but comparing it to the closest systems we have, there is a higher rate of black people jailed. Mm-hmm. So here's here's the reason I kind of jumped on the whole race thing is because I told you I watched a couple newscasts, Chris. The, the, the sole thing they're focusing on, and this is in the news title for every single one of those, Tennessee County charges black children with non-crimes, right? And that's important. It, it is important. But it's not the whole picture. We're we're completely missing the fact that there the the statistical difference that we talked about the forty eight percent in Rutherford County, which is horrible, um, of of children versus five percent across Tennessee. We're missing every uh, the the details around you know why these kids were there because all I'm hearing about is black children being arrested for wrong reasons. That's because that's the point of their their story. I mean, it's it's it, they are reporting about the other injustices there, but they are focusing on the fact that they are leaning a little bit to. But here's the, the thing: disproportionate. I disagree that that is a a key issue because I don't think that it is a. And obviously, once again, I have to read this whole article because you've in, you've instilled that responsibility in me during this debate to know your material, which I will excuse. But um, essentially. Um, I feel like they're putting way too much. Uh, let me say this. when Whenever we've had in the past several years a black person that was killed by police, whether justly or unjustly, it causes humongous destruction and out, out, uh, unrest and outrage, and it typically destroys the community that is affected. Do we want this to happen in Rutherford County? Do we want... This this issue to turn into black kids are being arrested in mass for walking on the street in Rutherford County. 
50 they may even take the statistics 50% of black kids in Rutherford County have been arrested unjustly like they can keep twisting this however they want and before you know it we're going to have the, the the cities in Rutherford County burning to the ground because people are angry about it i really feel like that as y'all do we probably need to step away from this topic because we don't have enough details to really discuss this as the way it should. We're not giving it the light it should. I'm giving it more light than the, than the media, in my opinion. But, I, yeah. yeah. You know, the, I mean, and you can write, if you want to go and research it and write it a different way, the, the ProPublica and, in, you know, um, PLN um, wrote it from the aspect of that. It was um, a race issue, you know, a race issue. Yeah. And when they looked at that data, that's what they saw. Well, now you can look at you data. can wear colored glasses and look at any any kind of data however you want. You know? Exactly. I'm probably going to look at it and see something completely different. I'm not going to ignore that there are some racial biases in this country. So I'm gonna I'm gonna at least give it the time that it deserves to look at it and consider it because if there is a race issue, it needs to be solved. And I, I don't and, disagree. And we can't overlook it. We have to acknowledge that if it is a problem, it needs to be solved. If we just say, oh, you know, let's just toss it aside. But but at the core, and and we we spend a lot of time talking on race, but the fact is, forty-eight percent of kids, children—we keep saying kids—but let's 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 They're clarify children. that their children are being put in jail. Forty-eight percent of those that are that are brought into to the, the system, right? Yeah, to, to the system. But the point of this article is that it was for charges that don't exist. Bogus charges. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, and, and once again, I'll, cl- I'll clarify. I'm not I'm not disputing that, and I think that's horrible. Still, I'm not saying that this whole discussion we've had nullifies any of that. I think it's terrible. And I'm happy that there's been lawsuits and there's been settlements because that's how the system is supposed to work. Um, I just, I'm very, I just want, don't want to jump to conclusions as far as the race thing. And I feel like when stuff like this comes out, the media, everybody always jumps to, well, there was more black people arrested, so it must be racism. I mean, we haven't even we haven't even figured out what the statistics are. Now, if you give me a statistic where it says that 90% of the kids, 80% of the kids even, that were kept in that jail were black, then, I, then I'm like, okay, yeah, that's pretty suspect, and, we, and that's probably some sort of racist, racist thing going on. But if it's something like 60, 60, maybe 60, 65%, that, that coincides more with the known statistics of, as far as um, juvenile, um, uh, what, what would you call it? Um, the rate of juvenile delinquency in as far as divided by race. And so I don't necessarily agree that it's going to be a racism issue. That's why I want to look more deeply into it. I don't, I don't like immediately saying this is racism when not enough research has been done about it. And, well, and you know, it may not even be racism. It just could be bias. It, and the, my friend that, that told me about this is uh, I want to have him on because um, if anybody knows the statistics, he would. Uh, let's change gears. We got really yeah. deep off. Well, in that, that was a still love your bro a moment of any, wasn't it? It was. That's actually what this uh, show has been it originally was. about. You know what? I, and here's the whole point of the show, Jesse. I absolutely think you're wrong, but you know what? <laughs> I, I will still talk to you tomorrow because you're still my friend, and I pre- okay. and, and I appreciate you having an opinion. Yeah. Thanks for sharing it. Yeah. Same to you. Same to you. Yeah. Oh, I can finally put my headphones just back on. Just wait till we stop this just recording. Decided to leave I literally just took my headphones off and started spinning in circles. This is what you signed up for, babe. So just I signed up for the pop it. culture section, actually. Wow. That's yeah. in my contract. Yeah. Well, what did you bring? You got a contract? Yeah. I actually oh. do have something. So obviously, if you weren't tired of hearing my voice by now, um, so uh, Colin Powell, um, the first black secretary of state, 
has died today oh, of COVID nineteen complications amid his cancer battle. So, those of you who don't know, um, Colin Powell, obviously, I just said it, the first Black Secretary of State. He served under multiple presidents, um, and uh, he actually uh, served under both Bush presidencies and um, I think. Let's see. I'm trying to see if he there. Uh, yeah, chief of staff under George H W Bush. Um, he was an advisor, uh, under the, uh, oh, he was the chairman of the joint. No, no, no. There we go. Advisor, um, for Ronald Reagan, um, national security advisor. And, uh, he's had, he's got a great reputation. He's taken a few hits in the past. Um, I believe he, he was a Republican and, uh, he endorsed Obama during his, um, uh, his run That's and my guy. his subsequent, yeah, victory. <laughs> And uh, he got a little flack from Republicans for that. Um, and then he also um, did not endorse Trump or he was against Trump um, during his run. So every, I think Republicans kind of started not liking him as much. But I always thought he was really cool. He was a very well put together guy and he had some very educated opinions. I think he's a respectable yeah. man and a respectable politician. You know what I, I really. I was really young, I think, when, or maybe, well, I don't know how I was back younger. Back in my day. Yeah, I was younger, but I remember him. Um, uh, it was a desert storm when he was he was really involved and really became political. But I remember him being respectable. He was very stoic. Uh, he he had confidence. Uh, in fact, I think he was very presidential at the time. But uh, yeah. yeah, I just I remember him being a very um, uh, you know poignant figurehead at the time. And, you know, although I don't agree with who he endorsed for president or whatever, like you know, in in Obama, that's not even. I, I was not even. I didn't have educated political opinions back then, so it wasn't. I no don't way. Really, I don't, yeah, no right. But um, I, <laughs> sorry, that was funny. <laughs> I didn't agree with his his uh, his uh, opinion of Trump, but that's because he had his own opinion, and I really do respect um, politicians or people who are involved with government who have their own opinions and who are not afraid to break from their party uh, on certain things. I feel like that is something we need more of today. Um, from both parties, because I I feel like the parties are so st- sticky glued together that we can't get anything good done. Or when one party has a supermajority, a bunch of crap things get done. Yep. Um. So I I, I respect him a lot for that. Wait. I did. Politicians. Want, golly. Are all. That's that was why. um. That was painful, Chris. <laughs> that was very. That painful. was so loud. It was. I've got a I've I got think, a quote for everything. I think everything. we're taking away your soundboard uh yeah. privileges today. You lose your Trump rights. Yeah. Dang it. You lost your Trump card there. Dang. Anyway, so um for those of you who were fortunate enough to have the corrected um audio corrected version of that, that was about uh 90 decibels uh in our eardrums, in our headphones. You probably heard it echo through our mics as it came out of my nose. Um <laughs> That was very painful. <laughs> so that's why we're reacting that way. Um, anyway, Colin Powell, back to him. Um, so he died of complications of COVID-19. And um, interesting thing was he was uh, fully vaccinated. Um, and a lot of, uh, of uh, I know, he really wants I to- I want to push the China is killing us do it. soundboard button. Don't do but it. I, you've lost, you've uh, lost your privileges, Chris. China is killing us. <laughs> so anyway- Essentially, I think that was better than the soundboard. Yeah. So he he was fully vaccinated against COVID, but unfortunately, he still died of those comp- of COVID complications. A lot of um, uh, political he had, he had Republican. Well, hold on, Chris. Okay, Let me go finish. Ahead. You don't know what I'm about to say. 
a lot of a lot of people on the right are using this to tout, oh, the vaccines aren't effective, blah, 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 blah. But as I was going to say, he had an immunodeficiency issue. He had a, a cancer that caused his immune system not to function properly. And so we should not attribute the vaccine's failure in his case to a greater audience. Sure. Thank you, Chris, for not jumping to conclusions Basically, about my what opinion. what we're saying is that he had pre-existing conditions... Major. I mean, he had he had cancer and he had several other immunodeficiency problems. And he and, was in his late eighties. Yeah, a, a, probably a flu would have would have killed him as well. Um, just complications from that. But it sure. happened to be COVID, and COVID is quite violent. He was fully vaccinated, like I said. So take that at what you will. Um, but yeah, it, it's not really related to the vaccine's effectiveness, in my opinion. But I just wanted to bring attention to the fact that that was that's being touted. Um, I th- I find that stuff kind of funny because. I remember um, when we had, you know, people talking about the vaccine. And uh, right now we have this weird situation where the Republicans are saying that, um, oh, this guy had um, this vaccine is not effective and all this stuff. And, and then the the Democrats are saying, well, you know, pre-existing conditions, da, 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 da. back like months ago, I remember hearing the same thing. But uh, in as far as Republicans saying, hey. If you got pre-existing conditions, the vaccine might not help you as much. And the Democrats are like, no, the vaccine is super effective and it, it will save your life. And da, 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 da. I feel like both sides are having a little bit of a realization moment here where it's like, you know what? It is pretty subjective in every case of whether or not the vaccine helps you much. Um, so anyway, I just there's a to lot bring of that factors that go into it that a we lot probably of, all don't understand. A yet. lot of factors, just like we were talking about before. It's not just black and white, one thing. It's not one thing on its face. There is a lot of factors that go into everything and all of them deserve to be accounted for. Anyway, uh, rest in peace, Colin Powell. You served the country uh, really well, and um, we hope you can uh, enjoy your time in the afterlife. Absolutely. So, you know, I think. Do you have any? Do you have anything? No, else? that's that's all, that's all I brought. So, what I'm really interested in, um, Grant and I were talking before the show, and he's got something that's pop culture related. So we're going to let him bring this up with Chloe because what he told me about made me furious. And I know Jesse, I know I haven't seen this Jess, yet. I'm sorry. I keep, you've got an E on the end of your name and this has probably really confused our listeners it's too. It's silent. There's, it's a silent E. <laughs> it's silent. And, um, and so, yeah. And it, and I, I see it and I say it and it's, uh, yeah. So Jess, um, I'll just, I'll just stop writing my full name on my forehead. So you will stop reading it. Thanks. Um, <laughs> I you- know you will be emotional about it too. So, Chloe is going to bring pop culture and, and she will hopefully let Grant uh, bring up this thing that he's brought because it's, it's going to be interesting. We'll do get out Welcome. for it. So are, are you talking about the thing we talked about before we got here that I have? The Halloween kills firefighters scene. How about that timing? <laughs> yeah, I have soundboards too, Chris. Perfect. She's a lot better at it than you, Chris. I like Trump's. Anyway, <laughs> I like it when he wasn't speaking directly to my spinal cord. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what do you have for us, Grant? We were talking about the Halloween Kills firefighter scene. And as we know, Jess was a firefighter. Chris, you were a firefighter at one point. I right? was. So I think y'all both will have hopefully very close opinions on this. But there is a current petition going around on the Internet hmm. to get the Halloween Kills firefighter scene removed from the movie stating that it is offensive now okay so i have it pulled up on my phone so obviously listeners this will be instantaneous for you but i'm actually going to watch it 
and then we can I can give my opinion. Everyone I'm else has seen it, it too. I haven't I seen it. You. All right, I have it right yeah. here. So, I have it muted. I have my computer muted. Okay. Just letting you know. All right, I'll play it and we'll cut this part out. Three hours later. Oh my goodness. Yeah, that's kind of edgy, isn't it? Um, can hmm. I, I? I'm going to say something about okay. this All right. because. So I actually, what's funny is, is that Jess had said something about Grant mentioning this. And he said, oh yeah, because firefighters, we don't, there's no, there has been no reported like parties or political people fighting against firefighters. They're the, they're like the one um, public servant that is universally liked. Yes. You know. And so why I brought this up was because this morning, or it might've been yesterday morning when I was getting ready. I actually watched a TikTok talking about this. And so I was like, did you listen to my TikTok while I was in the bathroom doing my hair? And he's like, no, why did you watch a TikTok about this? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, I never even knew that. Hmm. But um, Grant, go ahead and say what you want to say and then I'll All right. So this is noted by the person who posted the change.org petition. This is in his notes and this is what he had to say about it. He says, I want the scene in the new movie Halloween Kills where they show the slaughter of firefighters. The petition reads, it is wrong because the firefighters have been lured into house fires and murdered by the person who sets the fire. It is wrong that Michael kills the firefighters with gear from the other firefighters he killed. As a soon-to-be firefighter, I find it very offensive, as so does my mom and dad who are retired firefighters. Furthermore, I want the scene taken out of the movie. Michael didn't have to kill them in a way... They saved him, so he should have saved the two firefighters in the house and went on to kill his sister. There is no reason for that horrible, disgusting scene, especially since it has happened in real life. Like I said before, firefighters have been lured into house fires and killed by some psychos in real life. Okay. Hold on. We're all going we, crazy right now. We are going to say something. Wait, flip a coin. All right. Rock, right. paper, scissors. Flip a coin. Rock, paper, scissors. Chris, <laughs> me, or you? Wait, run. I, I, that was Wait, bad. Do it again. Right. Okay, I rock, just want to clarify. Paper, scissors, shoot. That God, literally oh just is not rock, paper, scissors All wrong right. this entire time. Do it. <laughs> rock, paper, scissors, shoot. It's three. What in the world? Chris is doing it on I'm three, and it's rock. It. One, right. two, three, four. All right. Y'all, rock, y'all, you y'all do it on shoot. Yeah. Rock, paper, scissors, Man, shoot. This is great radio right here. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Rock, Rock, paper, paper, scissors, scissors, shoot. Okay. Okay. Chris goes first. All right. I've never done that before. So glad this is my section. I can tell. I mean, I've I've always done it one, two, and then go. All right. We're going to edit a lot of that out. Yeah, we have to because that was Um, a That's going into bloopers. Anyway, Chris, please. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to, let me just say this. First off, those are actors. (laughs) Really? Wearing costumes. Really? Because it's Halloween. In a movie. In Hollywood, that is not a documentary. It's also a controlled environment. In a control, yes, that is that is correct. But let's go back here. We are we going to start putting disclaimers on the front of pictures that any likeness to any situations, real or fact, or go ahead, Jesse. We're in agreement. Um, <laughs> if I wish listeners could have seen my face when Grant read. As a soon-to-be firefighter. He's not even a firefighter <laughs> I mean, yet. He's butthurt about it. Oh, my God. My mommy and daddy. I'm like, come on. And look, and this maybe this kid is actually going... And I don't even know this kid. Maybe he is going through firefighter training. Maybe he is going to be a firefighter soon. Whatever, man. But 
He got his feelings Shut hurt. Up. Like, he got his feelings hurt. The, there's always, there's, there's been a joke about firefighters going on a long time that uh, how do you know if someone's a firefighter? They'll tell you. Uh, <laughs> that's a great example of that. Um, look, I was I was in the fire service. So was Chris. Okay, I, watching that scene, I didn't have any gut feelings. I didn't have felt anything was wrong with that. Yeah, it's people keep being killed. Firefighters being killed. It's a horror movie. But firefighters are not like some you know, protected class. I mean, are we going to go and look back into freaking other movies where they kill military members or they, or they, why kill is the Navy people? don't have a change.org petition when they kill Marines? When they blow up the freaking bl- ships. I've seen Scream. Why aren't black people why petitioning the to take black murders off of Why aren't the astronauts... Go, and all like, dogs go to heaven. Yeah. A dog dies. Yeah. Why, why is the petition for that revolting? to be removed? I mean... Yes, Chloe has her hand up. Hi. I tried that in Order well. in the court. Order in the court. So, as the film, I would say expert in this room, film and media and things like that... Um, As if, a soon-to-be fire... I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> if you are offended by something that you watch in media, in films, in TV, in anything, then just don't watch it. Yeah. If that offends you that much that he is hurting firefighters. Now listen, I 100% understand. But as a filmmaker, I understand the decision to have Michael Myers kill the firefighters in that way because it gives yep. you an emotional response. Yep. That is the reason they did it. They don't just go, ooh. Great idea. Let's just randomly kill firefighters. That sounds great. Everything has a reason. And these petitions to get rid of things in films and movies that are important, because that actually makes you remember how important firefighters are. The full movie isn't even out yet, so we don't know the context into which the firefighters are killed. Hold on, hold on. I wasn't done yet. I wasn't done yet. So this reminds me, this reminds me of the series 13 Reasons Why. Um, the first season. Um, and this has always bugged me a lot. Uh, that is one of the most well done series uh, to look at current high school mental health, how kids are acting in high school, how kids go through trauma in high school when they don't want to be um, intruded by their parents with it. Um, and if you haven't seen the first season or any of it, uh, you might want to not listen if you don't want to hear about it. But the scene I'm about to talk about is actually not in the show anymore. Um, 13 Reasons Why is, uh, is the first season at least, um, is all about, uh, a girl named Hannah who, uh, by the first episode, you find out that she has, uh, committed suicide and she leaves the tapes to describe to each person why each person is their 13 reasons why. Um, at the end, the last episode, um, and if you haven't seen it once again, I would not listen to this part. I would kind of skip forward, but, um, at the at the end, they find out that one of the um, students in the show um, actually uh, sexually assaulted her in a hot tub and that he was one of the main reasons why um, she committed suicide. And after it is revealed that that has happened, she they actually showed the suicide in the bathtub, like full how a person would do that the way that she did. Um, and I'm not going to describe it here because it's graphic and some of our listeners might not want to hear. Not want to hear that. Um, the reason that I bring that up and why it's similar to this is because that is a that is a real issue. Um, teen suicide and everything is a real issue, and uh, this mom petitioned for the scene to be taken out because her daughter unfortunately committed suicide in a very similar manner to Hannah on the show, and she blamed the show um, for 
having her daughter be triggered and to do that. Now, before each episode of the show, it gives you a disclaimer that right. if you have been through these situations, you should not watch the show. So once again, there's a thing that says, hey, you shouldn't watch this show. Can I also say this real quick? Sure. Just to interject. That seem, I know the mother's probably been through a lot, but that seems like a cop out. I mean, that's not the only, that's not the reason your daughter committed suicide. I'm sorry. There's other stuff going on. I don't know what it was, but you don't just watch a show and decide you're going to commit suicide. There's a lot of other stuff going on. So the reason that I bring that up is because that scene was taken out. If you go on Netflix right now and Wait, try to, they really responded to that. It was yes. a change.org petition. And yes, how many signatures did they get? You know, I couldn't tell you, but I can Google it. I'm going to ask you Grant to in a minute, but how many petition signatures? So start looking that up, but go ahead. But they literally, they took it out. You cannot watch. I, I was, I got to watch it because I watched it before this petition was a thing. Um, but you can no longer, there's no longer a scene where she physically does it. It cuts to when the mom comes in and the bathtub is running water over into the doorway and you see her hugging her and that's it. Like, and it really, we've implied it. Yes, but we we don't actually see it. And so when you have scenes like this, once again, like I said, there is a purpose behind everything that a director decides to put in a film. It could just be like a, a good example is Alfred Hitchcock and Psycho. There's one shot um, that goes back to a different angle that does not match anything else in the shower scene. And the only reason he did that was because his mother said, I can see uh, the woman breathing and she's supposed to be dead. So you can't like put that shot in Mm. there. But everything has a reason. Like he still had a reason to move that shot. And so the reason that we're putting firefighters in danger in this shot, which first off, I don't even know the context, like Grant said, but the reason that that is happening is to make us feel val- value towards our firefighters, I feel like. I, I honestly believe it's more a reminder that this is Michael Myers. Or a made-up person. Right. Is it Michael Myers? Yes. Okay. Are, are you sure? I thought yes. that was the with the white, the, the like the other mask. No, this, that's Jason. This that's, is Michael okay. Myers. Michael no, Myers is, is in Halloween. No, Jason is the hockey mask. This is Michael oh, Myers. Okay. All right. So anyway. Michael Myers, I apologize. I'm not caught up on it. I'm your film expert, remember? Yes, right. <laughs> this is who we're dealing with. The whole point of that scene is to remind you, as the viewer, this is a heartless, soulless, ephemeral, murdering being that cares not about firefighters because they're probably one of the most high, highly held public servants in our society, as we talked about at the beginning. No one hates firefighters. Like, there's not a freaking rap song... F the fire department. You know, that doesn't, that doesn't exist. So, sorry. I mean, <laughs> if I know I'm wrong, but that's what I'm saying. If this killer is willing to stoop to the lowest of the low and kill people who are willing to risk their lives to save other people, then you know this is a bad dude. That's the whole point of that scene. And here's the other thing. Like, we talked about the guy who wrote the petition, and I, I am married. I was engaged to, I was dating a firefighter. I have been the family member of a firefighter because it was you, Jess, being specific. Not that I dated a bunch of firefighters. I want to make that clear. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, we passed him around. But, <laughs> she's, she's like, he's my favorite firefighter. Uh, oh, yeah. But no, but like that scene. Those guys on Engine 2 didn't work out, so you know, I got lucky. <laughs> that scene did not offend me. That scene did not make me feel like, oh, my gosh, my husband is in danger because he's a firefighter. Now, do I get? did I get nervous when... Like, you would go out on calls? Yes. 
but not because I think Michael Myers is going to be in the house to attack you. And yeah, I just <laughs> why are we why are we banning things that make us feel uncomfortable? That's the whole point of this part of the movie. It's not supposed to make you feel warm inside. You're watching a horror movie. You don't go to the horror movie to think, oh wow, what a wonderful world it is. I see That's, babies crying. So, when have you it's ever like, seen Michael Myers like save somebody yeah. because they yeah. Grant. Now this isn't Jason. Jason has some redeeming qualities, and like the Jason versus um, Freddy Krueger, right? Um, that's that's that he has a redeeming quality in that movie. But Michael Myers doesn't. I've never ever seen anything good about Michael Myers. This is reminding us that this is a terrible dude, and that's a really good scene. I mean, yeah, it's 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 interesting that he used the firefighter's weaponry and like the the K saw, and it's I don't have a problem with it. Grant, I, I will say that. How many how many signatures does that petition have? I cannot find the petition. There's petitions for everything else over 13 reasons why. Mm. But for some reason, I believe they took the petition down. I'm sure they did because it's kind of dumb. I mean, and it's even more dumb that the dude that does it, I get it. His mom and dad, he says, are firefighters. Maybe that's why he's so offended by it because he, and I can understand that. You know, if it, if my mom and dad were firefighters and I saw something in a movie that that showed firefighters getting killed, I'd probably have a really strong emotional response to that. But that's no reason to take it out of the movie. You just don't like that movie. The closest and number move on. I can find is 12,600. Is this for 13 Reasons Why? Yes, that's okay. for the 13 Reasons Why petition. Oh, really? 12,000 people. 12,600. Well, I hope the firefighter wants to not make track because I don't want that to be taken I mean, out of the film. We, I mean, it's out right now. That. We can watch it at home. I don't I don't understand why we want to modify the filmmaker's vision in any way. Like, as a, there's, there's, there's scenes that feature, like, innocent women being raped and killed. Why are we writing a petition about this? Well, and here's the other thing about the... And this is going back to the 13 Reasons Why. And I said sexually assaulted. It show, it fully shows. I didn't know if we wanted to yeah, say Yeah, there's the a rape, rape part. There's, yep. She's raped mm-hmm. on the show. And then we're like, no, we're good. Just take out the suicide, the part. suicide part. Hey, the part that the show's all about, we're going to take it out. So anyway, it's this is an interesting topic that always, Grant looks like he wants There's to There's only 412 signatures for the remove that scene. Hopefully it will stay that. I, I mean, bet that's, you none of them are firefighters. Probably. No, I um, bet you most of them are volunteer firefighters. Because I, I know that I would probably show that scene to some firefighter friends of mine, and they probably wouldn't have any problem with There's it. There's people sitting around in fire halls right now watching, watching that it. movie. Yep. <laughs> yeah. They'd be they're, like, oh, we should have hit him over the head. They're with the, judging yeah, they're, how great the fire scene was. Yeah, no way. They're I like, agree. This, the accuracy the of rookie. this fire scene is just amazing. Like the, at the beginning, he fell through a floor and landed, and he's like laying on the ground, squirming in pain. They're just like, take my hand. He can't take your hand. He just broke his back, you dummy. Get a ladder. <laughs> the rookie is standing there. And then, can I say this for other firefighters listening? Why are you going into a burning building with no one there without a hose? Where's your hose line? So I would also. The rookie is also confused why the uh, saw was started by pulling it. I thought you rolled the blade on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> That thing's a full star. <laughs> Holy crap. I've seen so, that. I've seen that. That's actually you have to understand the context you, to get yeah, that. That's, but. That that mean, that's a that's a joke. It doesn't actually start with a with rolling on the ground, but that's a joke that's played on new firefighters. That's funny. So um, um <laughs> one thing one thing that I'd like to say and then we'll kind of we'll there we'll move on. There's actually a, a video clip that kind of goes with this. Um but I would like to say so I've been to Universal in California several times, which is where this film was probably shot. 
Uh, and where that fire scene was probably shot was on one of their back lot sets, which are amazing. If you haven't gotten to go see it, go do it. Uh, but I remember when I was younger, when I went, uh, Universal actually had an entire attraction that was a fire attraction for you to understand what firefighters go through. Hmm. And wow. I never got to go do it, but I always saw it advertised and I always saw the building it was in and it showed all their fire sequences and things and just kind of like gave you a perspective of like walking through that. Um, and so Universal is the one that makes the Halloween movies. So if anybody is going to know anything about fires or firefighters it, in the movie industry, it's probably going to be Universal because they literally made an entire attraction. Well, like, this is this is why I can't watch the freaking fire shows on Netflix and stuff. Like she watched it every like once in a while. Like nine one one. I can't. It's so dumb. I mean, Chris, you might understand. It's so dumb. They they make the stupidest decisions. If you, in case you didn't hear me yell earlier, because I don't know if my gate knocked out some of it. What I was saying was. If you look at the beginning of this scene, the whole house is completely engulfed. It is fully involved with fire. Why are you going in, you idiots? He wouldn't have Idiot. fallen there if you wouldn't have decided you're going to go into a fully involved house fire that literally the fronts of the walls are missing. This thing is about to collapse. Hey, you put water on it. Do you Listen. remember those firefighters we said they're sitting around watching the show? That's they're doing the exact same thing. thing. Yeah, like, well, yep. go in there. Why are you? Why are they putting water on this? Yeah, it's just because right. it's a movie. It's you got to look cinematic. Yeah. Anyway. So, so uh, Chris, are we able to play things off my computer, or do we need a hot minute? Okay, cool. Sorry, we're doing some technical things while we're doing the show, which is always fun. Um, so I would like to say, because it's spooky season, and we're still talking about Halloween. There's one thing. Lee, if you're watching this, Chris is using Velcro. Oh, um, so anyway, because it's spooky season, it's Halloween, and we're talking about the movie Halloween and Halloween, whatever this new one is called. Um, Halloween Kills. Sorry, I love that. I just, it's such a good, it's a really good, it's a really good, riff, yeah. it's a really, really good score. Anyway, um, Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh my goodness. Jamie Lee Curtis is my Halloween queen. I just want to say that. I love her acting. The fact that she's played this role since she was 19 years old is amazing. Also fun fact, if you didn't know this, her mom was the lady in the sour scene in Psycho. Oh, wow. If you didn't know that. That's a legacy. And they actually, during the premiere of this movie, um, they had a, they had it as Halloween costume theme, so they didn't come in like pretty dresses. They came in Halloween costumes, and she dressed up as her mom from Psycho. That's cool. Which is awesome. So, but um, I have an interview that I found on TikTok, of course, um, that is about her um, coming back as the role and, and kind of the expectations for that. So I'm going to play that right now because I just want to hear Jamie Lee Curtis talk about her role in Halloween. And Jamie, I want to come to you as Halloween ends is uh, aiming to wrap up this sequel trilogy. Does this mean like you're actually ready to, to really say goodbye to Lori? Is that actually like, is that something you've walked yourself through yet? Well, I'm 62 years old and I played Lori Strode the first time when I was 19. And I never thought we would do another one. And every step of the way, I haven't thought we would do another one. So for me to say goodbye, um, is not uh, something I would ever do. I will say goodbye when I'm dead. Hmm. Uh, I am, I am a freelance actor, which means I am quote unemployed. So the truth is, um, I have other things I'm doing, but I will never say goodbye. So that's the end of the clip that was shown. It sounds like that TikTok. makes sense. But I mean, I mean yeah. like I just, I really appreciate her. I appreciate the roles that she's done. 
um, you know, you don't realize that she did the first Halloween when she was 19. And that was like her first major film that she did. Yeah. And to be a 19 year old and you get on this independence film set and they're just like, yeah, we're gonna have this crazy guy in a Captain Kirk mask that's like demolished <laughs> everywhere. I would also like to add one more fun fact about Halloween. Oh, what? You, you said something you just made me think of it. Captain Kirk. Yes. Um, it finally went to space. By yes, the way. yes, yeah. he did. I was surprised we didn't talk about he that did. last time. You know what the greatest thing was about that, though? I watched the video of it. Um, uh-huh. First off, he's just the greatest dude ever. But he looked at the camera and was like, wow. You could see him mouth the word wow. Mm-hmm. Like, what a cool thing. Because you think, like, this dude has, like, been in space his whole life on TV, yep. right? But, yep. like, finally the dude has, like, really went into space. That How is, cool is that? That's an achievement yep. for Earth. Like, that's a worldwide, and I know it's an American media, but... You know, I think that that's going to be one for the books. I feel like that will be written in history books as like, you know, this, this amazing actor that William Shatner. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he is, he actually got to go to space in his lifetime. When I saw that Amazon was doing and sending those rockets up, that's the first thing I thought in the back of my head. I was like, if somebody like William Shatner does not get a seat on one of those one day, it's all for nothing. And then when I saw he was going to be on that, I was like, God, this is the greatest thing ever. Now we just got to get get, uh, Picard up there. That'd be great. So um, the last Halloween fact that I'll talk about, and then we'll get into some other pop culture things. Just a fun fact about Halloween and another movie. If you've ever seen the movie Baby Driver, um, in the beginning of it, uh, there is a robbery. And they said to get Michael Myers masks. And they pull out Michael Myers as in like the guy that plays Shrek. They have those masks. And that actually wasn't in the script originally. They were originally supposed to get the Halloween Michael Myers masks. But the rights were too expensive um, for them to use it. And so they went to Michael Myers, the actor, and said, can we use your masks in this movie? And he thought it was hilarious. He said, yeah, just use it. I don't care. And he didn't ask for any money or anything. So they all had like Austin Powers masks on while they did did this heist because, and it's funny because they make reference to it when they pull it out. They're like, this is the wrong Michael Myers. <laughs> <laughs> they literally have Austin Power math. So that's, that's awesome. hilarious. Um, so quick uh, pop culture things. Uh, we do not have an update on Brian Laundry. Dog the Bounty Hunter like sprained his ankle. He's back. Oh, poor guy. Yes, he's back. Um, I do know that uh, uh, the dad of Brian Laundry. He um, there were signs put out in their yard. Uh, like yesterday, like saying justice for Gabby. There's a giant poster of Gabby pointed right at their house. And there was a sign that um, I don't, I'm going to, that hasn't been reported who specifically it was talking about, but I believe it's talking about his mom being the person that's guilty. And the dad came out and removed the sign very forcefully and then walked back in the house. But other than that, that's like the only update that we have. So he's I've, living on the land. He's. I've said it once and I'll say it again. I honestly feel kind of bad for the parents of Brian Laundry. I think that um, I think it's going to kind of like simmer down here, and then in like a couple weeks to a month, he'll be found, and then everybody will be back on it. So, or he's like jumped in a lake and offed himself. Yeah, that's possible. That is possible. I feel really bad for the the family of obviously of Gabby Petito because she's dead. But um, I, I these guys are being assaulted by a mob at this point, and. You know, it. They're not having a good time. No, they can't control what their son did. They didn't tell him to kill her. 
if she if he if he killed her. Uh, um, but you don't know allegedly. that. Allegedly. But you don't know but, that. You don't know any of that information. I know I don't know that, but I still so. don't think it's. But the protesters don't know that that he did or they did, and right. it's kind of it it's kind of dumb for them to be vandalizing their property and sticking offensive like what what does his mom have to do with it yeah these are all conspiracy theories at this point and it's i think it's really not appropriate let let him, him be found they're not helping the situation by harassing this poor family like they didn't they did not maybe he, Gabby maybe themselves. they're hoping that he'll see that they're harassing his family and then come out to protect them i don't know yeah but then that's like that's like being that's like taking someone hostage and, like using and them for sending a finger to, in the mail to the person you want money. That's exactly the same thing, in my opinion. I don't think it's right. So okay, that's my opinion on that. Well, that's all the update that I have. Hopefully, we'll have more throughout the week. Like always, I post on Facebook since it is Monday currently. So, um, Kourtney Kardashian, Travis Barker got engaged. He bought like a million. I know you don't know who probably either of those people are, but people listening might. Uh, he bought her like a million roses and put it out on the beach and like it was really cute. A million. Um, but wow. what I feel bad for is 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 um Scott Disick, who was the guy that Courtney had a bunch of children with. And um he I watch Keeping Up with the Kardashians every once in a while just because it's something in the background and I just kind of leave it on. Um, but he wanted to propose to her. Like they were together for like 15 years or something like that, and he wanted to propose to her so bad. Uh, back when they had their first child and she just kept pushing away and said no. So finally he was just like, we're just going to be in this relationship and have children together. And then like two or three years ago, they, she's just didn't want to be with him. There was alleged cheating, but we don't know like all this stuff. But um, I just feel bad like for him because he worked so hard to get sober and to go through all these changes for her. And he fought for her for like 15 years. And then all of a sudden she's literally been with this one guy for like a year and she's like, I'll marry you. Hmm. So Hollywood love is fickle. Yes. Okay. So, um, one more thing and then we're going to do a quiz. Are you ready to do a quiz? Yes. You know, I love quizzes. Yeah. It's not a Yogi bear quiz either. Oh, that's, Sorry, that's gonna go I made a sign. The by the way, I, I was going to hang it in the studio and see if you noticed, but it said "Know Your Yogis" and it had like a <laughs> and it had a meditating guy. It had a picture of uh, Yogi Bear. Yogi Berra. <laughs> and y- anyway, that's hilarious. So the last thing that I'm going to talk about is something um, happening in Nashville. Starting, it starts in November, but all the times for it in November are sold out. So. If you haven't gotten a ticket for it, you're going to have to go in December through February. Um, But the interactive Van Gogh exhibit is coming to Nashville. Um, This is not an art exhibit, actually. It is um, an immersive uh, screened event where you can walk through Van Gogh paintings that are projected all across the walls, the ceilings, the floors. Um, if you are worried about social distancing and things like that, they actually have projected circles where people are supposed to stand. So you are six feet apart. Mm-hmm. No, you don't have to stand in the circles. <laughs> say, but-, but it's like if you are worried about that, that is an option for you. Um, they encourage photography and videography. But what oh, if wow. I stand in my circle, Ooh. but the person who doesn't care about that's, it doesn't stand that's in their what I'm circle? Saying, well, I don't know. I don't like, know the rules of it's that. It's like the circles at the grocery line. Like, you know, I'm doing fine standing in mine, and then the grandmother behind me is just... You know, yeah, all of them. Are they going to say if I like Van Gogh back to your own circle? 
I hope so. I hope so. But anyway, I wanted to bring this up because it looks really cool. It was actually in Kansas City right before I moved here. Um, And I really wanted to go, but then I didn't. But now it's it's here. Oh, it's here. It's here in Nashville now. We have a nice new camera that you can do photography. Yes, I know. I actually already texted a friend if she wanted to model for me. So I'm very excited. So the available tickets start on uh, December 14th now. Uh, They're limited. And then it goes uh, from then to uh, February 6th is the last uh, day to get tickets. And you can just go, you can just type in interactive van gogh exhibit and select your city so but yeah it came through it came through kansas city a few months ago and now it is uh in nashville um also if you are in the kansas city area because i know people from kansas city listen uh right now at crown center there is a uh, holocaust exhibit that is one of the it has one of the most um it has the most artifacts of a traveling exhibit from the Holocaust. And I've actually seen some pictures from inside and they rebuilt the gates like from Auschwitz, oh, like wow. inside. Uh, it looks really, really cool. I'm hoping to go back at least once before it's gone so I can go see it. But that's also another exhibit I would really uh, encourage people in the Kansas City area to go see if you're there. So. Sounds cool. Okay. Are you ready for your quiz? Sure. So this what, quiz. Wait, what, what, what is the topic? This quiz, oh, it's Halloween, spooky season. We gotta have a Halloween quiz. So this is a BuzzFeed quiz. Just gonna put that out there. So if you want to go take this quiz, you can look it up. And Grant's bobbleheading too, so he's playing. Design a haunted house. Of course, I am, Chris. And we'll tell you which Halloween film to watch. Interesting. So we're gonna kind of do it like we did the decade thing. So where we'll go each person at a time and represent the show. So what Halloween movie should still love you, bro? Oh, okay. I see. Does that make sense? So we're each answering one at a time. Yes. All right. So I'm going to, some of these are picture questions. So I'm going to describe what the pictures are, but I will show whoever I'm asking them the pictures, but I will describe what they look like for listeners. Please do. Okay. So first we're going to choose a place for our haunted house. So the first option is like a little rundown, cute little house. Second option is a very like uh, haunted mansion feel hallway, old Victorian style, all dark and spooky. The next picture is of woods that looks dark and spooky. And the next picture looks like like a hotel, like old 70s hotel hallway with a glowing light at the end with like those really spooky like sepia lights that like aren't bright, but they're like yellow. Mm. So, Chris, we're going to let you answer first. So which one would you want your house to be in? So I'm going to pick the... Um, wow, I'm going to start with that Victorian um, hallway. Okay. Because it looks like I can hide somewhere in there. Perfect. So the Haunted Mansion hallway. That's what I'm going to call that. Okay. Uh, Jess, you're going to pick out a theme. Okay. Slashers, witches, ghosts, or zombies? Mm. Or Michael Myers. No, I'm kidding. That's a slasher. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I like ghosts. I like paranormal okay. stuff. Okay. So. Ghosts. Okay, Grant, tell us what kind of decorations you want. Would you like pumpkins, a cauldron with potions coming out of it, spider webs, or really cheesy skeletons that are plastic that sit on your porch? Spider webs. Spider webs. Okay. All right. <laughs> who will greet your? So <laughs> who will greet your guests? It's a little go- It's a dude with a ghost costume on with a sheet over his head. A dog with a vampire costume on. Uh, a lady with a witch. Uh, mask on and a boy with a skeleton face so i'm absolutely picking the dog with the dracula costume i'm starting to doubt the legitimacy of this uh, scientific uh test here chris how many rooms will there be one three five or more than ten 
I'm going to pick more than 10 because I need hiding spots. Okay. Perfect. Oh okay. Jess, choose what sounds you will play. Scary music, a cackling laugh, screaming, or a stormy night. Storms. That's a good one. I'll do storms. I'll sleep really but well. sleep why don't okay. you? Okay. Yeah. It's going to say, you should watch Happy Feet. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <clears throat> uh, Grant, what is your go-to jump scare? Um, for some reason, they put a dude with like a sweater and a bunny mask on there. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah, the, what is up with that? We got a freaking dogs dressed up. Let's see what Wait, scares Grant here. Um, a dude with a zombie costume on, clearly at a Halloween party. Uh, the Grim Reaper, or a a silhouette of a child opening a door in the dark. Can we pick that early two thousands jump scare where it like shows this really nice background and then the dude like zombie jumps up and scares this you? This is the last a minute. really hard decision. I mean, scary. Which bunny, one? The, the scary bunny mask dude. The, what's scary about him is he look. They made the colors very bright, so they make him look very normal. But the is bunny this like mask, Donnie Darko kind of the bunny bun- face. Like it's see. just very like creepy. Yeah, it's kind of Donnie Darko ish. Okay, so it's very high def. Like realistic looking yeah. rabbit. Then there's what, the dude. Then there's the zombie guy at the party that just I looks don't like. know. The honestly, the little girl. If there's some little in Chris's ten rooms, if I'm in a room and there's a closet within said room, and a little girl opens the door, <laughs> I'm going to be out of there. <laughs> yeah, I'm out. He's gone. That's good. Okay, so the last question. Finally, how scary will your haunted house be? So scary you won't be able to sleep. Pretty scary. Just a little scary or not scary at all. Oh, that's so easy. So I'm just going to be honest. I'm just going to be honest because <laughs> I'm not going to pick the option I would pick for myself because it will ruin the quiz for the majority of the people sitting here. Go big. I would say not scary at all for me personally because I don't like scary things. But I'm just going to put Aww. pretty scary. I don't like so scared that I won't be able to sleep. I like my sleep. But I'll put pretty scary. That's the scientific term: pretty versus very. Okay, right? so are still. Do we have you... super ultra scary? No. <laughs> <laughs> Maximum scary. Maximum scary our, minus ten. Our still love you, bro. Scary movie for the week is The Shining. Oh yeah, I wow. like The Shining. That's okay. good. The I never thought of one. that as a Halloween movie. Now let's like this scary is not movie. a Halloween yeah, it's movie. Extremely it's extremely suspenseful. Just... It's a scary movie. Yes, and, it fits, and the first it fits your pretty like you're kind of scary yeah. descriptor because it's not, not like really that a, scary. Yeah, until the very end, then it's like a slasher, but not really. It's extremely suspenseful. Hey, so, and there's more than ten rooms. There's there a lot of rooms. You rooms. could hide in a lot of rooms in that hotel. There you go, Chris. That did good, I think. There you go. Like so okay, yeah. that knows us. That knows this that, show. I, I take back all my jokes about it being not scary. I wonder. I wonder what it would have said if I would have put sc- not scary at all. Like what? Mo- what? Scary? Try it. We'll go, go back, back and, and do it oh, all. Hold in. on. No, hold we're on. not going to spend that much time. We'll We've know. been here like an hour. And you know, what? know if Grant watches it because he won't be here next Monday. <laughs> <laughs> okay. He'll be running from that little girl in The Shining. <laughs> no, because you'll be twins. calling me, uh, Grant. Are you coming into the office today? He's like, no, I watched that movie. <laughs> No, to be honest, we watched a movie. I don't know if y'all have. It's like Nana and Pop-Ops. Well, I call my grandparents Nana and Pop-Ops. Oh, no. This movie is about a a Nana and a Pop-Pop. Nana kills Pop-Pop. Nana gets possessed. And Nana's like sticking kids in the oven and like chopping kids up into small pieces. Wow. And Grant, I, did not, I did not go over to my grandparents' house for like a All right. We're now month. announcing the petition to ban this movie because Grant is affected negatively by it. Yeah, we're starting a petition. There's Grant, already four signatures. Grant has <laughs> soon to be Mammon Pop Pop, and uh, he is a soon to be grandson. 
and um, he he is very offended by this. So uh, yes, you happen to be a soon to be any protected class otherwise grant to give more importance. We've got to think of something. We'll think of something to get back to you. He's soon to be something. Okay. So the last portion, just because it's spooky season, I love spooky season. It's my favorite. So um, the last portion of this of this podcast is going to be talking about very short, um, true, just like horror stories that have actually happened during Halloween. Um, and I, I'm going to only share a few of them so that we can keep sharing them throughout the weeks. Um, this first one, and once again, this is all from BuzzFeed once again. So, um, the trick-or-treater who died after being given cyanide lace candy. Oh, yeah. That's bad. In 1974, an eight-year-old Timothy O'Brien died on Halloween evening after eating candy laced with cyanide. But the story has an even more horrific twist. It turned out the candy was poisoned by Timmy's father, Ronald, who was in financial trouble and had taken out insurance policies on his children. Whoa. Holy cow. In addition to Timmy, Ronald O'Brien gave poison candy to four other children, including his daughter, Elizabeth. Thankfully, none of them ate it. O'Brien was executed by lethal injection in 1984. Now, this How is... How did they find out it was him? Now, they find I'm not sure. Out, it doesn't say on here, but this is actually what... These stories are what inspired the Candyman movie that just came out a couple hmm. wow. weeks ago. So there's that's been a very like common thing back in like the 70s and 80s it's, it's, i remember always hearing like uh, like razor blades your candy yeah. yeah don't let any razor apples in i've there. never yeah. i've never had any candies that like had razors or there were people that would break needles up and put them into candy i heard but i've never had that happen to that's me all, now, that's I all also, where did you go trick-or-treating now i also i also had like if i get individually wrapped candies i don't eat those like if i get a starburst by itself if it's not in a package that's yeah. supposed to come in, I won't eat them. I won't, I'll throw them away. But like, that's just it. That stuff happened all the time. And I don't even know. when I was I don't a think kid, it's as common as we think it is. I think it's a lot of urban legend because, you know, you see memes all the time of like, there's like a video of, oh, you never know what they put in this candy. They they open up like a Snickers bar and they do a sharp jump cut and like yeah. a hammer falls out of it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, you better be checking your candy this year. Are we not going to talk about the irony of a dad poisoning his kid and then dying via lethal injection? That, yeah, and that sounds like... Well, they should have just given him a cyanide. Maybe they gave yeah. him to him like in a Snickers. Yeah. <laughs> Eat this. Eat the Snickers. All right. <laughs> they force fed him a Snickers. So oh. the, <laughs> or the Hunger Games where it's a bowl of like the poison the berries. berries. Yeah. A bowl, a bowl of co- uh, poison candy. Yeah. Pick one. So this next one is the suicide mistaken for a Halloween direct the uh, decoration. Excuse me. In 2005, a 42-year-old woman in Delaware committed suicide by hanging herself from a tree across the street from a residential area. Though the body was easily visible by uh, to b- pass buyers and passing vehicles, no one called the police for hours. Why? They assumed the woman was swaying in the wind was a Halloween de- decoration. You know what? And I love, I see these on the internet all the time where people do these elaborate decorations where they make it look like a murder scene. Yeah. I saw one recently where they have like, you know, it looks like a dude fell off his house and stuff, and people always call the police and they're fake. I love those, but I, and I always wondered, like, what happened if it was real? That one was that real. That is yeah. crazy. Wow. All right, in my last one, um, the son who was deca- who decapitated his mother and left the body in the street. What? One night in Long Island, just before Halloween in 2014, a decapitated body laid in the street five feet away from a severed head. 
To many past buyers, the horrific scene appeared to be a Halloween prank, but the truth was far more disturbing. 35-year-old Derek Ward had used a kitchen knife to kill and decapitate his mother. Oh, wow. Patricia, Patricia then carried the body and head out of their apartment. After leaving the body and head in the street, Ward jumped in front of a commuter train, killing himself. Oh, dang. So that one's like very, yeah. But like you said, it's crazy because you see people do these really like hyper-realistic Halloween Mm -hmm. decorations. We used to, in my neighborhood, we used to have a a house that would do no decorations except for this pumpkin guy in the yard. And then the night of Halloween, they would take the pumpkin guy out and they would replace it with the dad that would stand there in the same costume. (laughs) And when you went up to the door, it would get you. But like to have dead bodies, like just chilling and you're like, oh, Wow, that's a really realistic thing. Yeah, and then the next, touching then it, the like, next, this is so real. Then wow. the next day, the police are there, and you're like, "What happened? Oh, she was actually dead." And you're like, "Oops, okay." That wasn't candy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh my god, <laughs> that's like a twisted turn. Uh, so that was like a real finger sucker. Uh, yeah. Those are uh, the stories for our Halloween little spooky season for today. Sorry that we got a little. We we had some really deep topics in pop culture today. We're making long episodes. Very heated and I'm topics. liking it. I think it's good. You know, I think we're we're. We make longer episodes because we're into it and we like the topics we're doing. So. Yeah, and I, we've had some feedback too, and people like the politics, but they, they also like a break from it because they're inundated. So, yeah. you know, yeah. we, we don't want to stray from the show, and the show is we discuss um, news, politics, and things of that nature, yeah. but we, we'll throw in some more pop culture. We'll throw in some other things to The uh, fun stuff is a good a break, break you know? You, yeah. It's like swallowing the, the, the difficult medicine first, and then you get a lollipop at the end. Exactly. Episodes are great for long drives in the wrong direction. <laughs> Grant wouldn't know that. Um, exactly. <laughs> well, thanks for listening to Still Love You, Bro. Um, we appreciate your listenership. Uh, we hope that you will follow us on social media. We do have an Instagram page, Chris, and you're the one that created it. I don't know if you know that or not. You're welcome. Um, but <laughs> we talked about that last time. We're like, oh, we don't have one. We do one. So if Still you Love go, You, Bro. Yeah, that's us. Uh, we also have Facebook. Um, we have a website, stillloveyabro.com. That's with a Y-A, stillloveyabro.com. And we have emails. Mine is Jess, J-E-S-S-E, at stillloveyabro.com. And I'm Chris at stillloveyabro.com. That's Chris with an S. And I'm Chloe, C-H-L-O-E, at stillloveyabro.com. Oh, mine's mine's Jess with a Q, by the way. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Thanks for letting us know. Grant doesn't have one yet. Boo. But if you want something for Grant, you can just... um, Email one of us. Or just throw it in the track. Exactly. (laughs) And a a big thanks to Grant. Grant has always been behind the scenes, so we're we're glad he's joined us. Yes, we actually like him. Yeah, and and a big thanks to Grant. Grant Grant will soon be uh, serving our country, and uh, we we appreciate that. Yeah, Grant. Yep, he will. Uh, yeah, he's dedicating yeah. his life to the uh, to the uh, armed forces. So, well, I think that's it then, isn't it? That's it. That's it. That's <laughs> thanks, Grant. About that. Um, thanks everyone for listening, and we'll see you next time on the next episode of Still, still Love You, Bro. Hey, I still love you, bro. <laughs>